Welcome to the 2019 Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Scalder and I am your host. And as we prepare for the NFL Draft, we are starting our Inside Look series that we did a couple years ago. This year it's brought to you by StatRoute, the number one destination for fantasy football statistical research. We want to start the season off uh, speaking with Toby Rowland, the voice of Oklahoma Sooner football. We talk about Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown, and Rodney Anderson, three players that are at the Combine, that'll be at the Combine this year, um, and uh, are looking to be solid prospects going into the NFL. We hope that you enjoy this interview and get some insight into these players for your dynasty leagues and uh, for the, uh, the teams that uh, maybe draft them. All right, so uh, our first guest of the season, we want to, uh, we want to really uh, you know, start it off with a bang this year, and I'm really excited to, uh, to welcome to the show the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Mr. Toby Rowland. Toby, thank you for joining us today. It's great to be with you. All right, so we, uh, the, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, you've got to, a chance to see uh, the three players we're talking about today, Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown, and Rodney Anderson. And we're going to start off with the Heisman Trophy candidate, and I think it's very um, serendipitous, I guess you could say, that we're doing this, uh, this interview just a couple days after he officially announced that he is fully committing to going into the NFL. Um, just kind of w what are some of your thoughts on, on Kyler and, and, and his, uh, kind of his football journey? Well, I'm not surprised. I, I uh, called uh, all of his baseball games at OU as well. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think he had a chance, and maybe still does, we'll see, but I think he had a chance to be a guy that was a starting center fielder in the major leagues for somebody for a decade and, and potentially an all-star. I, I think his ceiling in baseball is incredible. But by watching him up close, I think he really liked baseball, but he loved football. I think that's where his heart was. And, um, you know, you got to chase that. I think he would have always wondered what could have been if he had decided to go the baseball route. So uh, not a surprising choice that he went the football direction, at least uh, for now anyway. He's an incredible talent. He's a unique talent at his size. I think that he's going to and is giving – NFL GMs a uh, bit of a migraine headache trying to figure out exactly um, you know what he's going to be in the NFL. So uh, it's it's been fun. He shocked me last year, quite frankly. I thought he would be good uh, as a quarterback. I thought he was uh, a better thrower of the football than people realized, and I knew his legs would give teams fits, but. His accuracy, his poise, maturity uh, blew me away. I, I didn't expect him to come anywhere close to putting up the kind of year that Baker Mayfield had, much less maybe statistically better in uh, several ways. So uh, he, he's a remarkable talent, and I, I like the rest of you. Can't wait to see what he does at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just you, you mentioned his size. Uh, the 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 uh, official you know measurements I've got from him off of uh, off the NFL Combine site is that he's five ten one ninety five. Is that uh, right about where uh, where Oklahoma has him? Yeah, hey, I think that's what he's listed as five ten. I think he'll measure uh, right at that, um, probably. Uh, within an, a quarter of an inch either way of the 5'10 mark. Uh, I've stood next to him. I don't feel like I'm, I'm six foot even. I don't feel like I'm that much taller than him. But, but I think he's probably going to be right at 5'10". Okay. Uh, his agent says he's 
bulked up uh, a little bit and might be more more like 205 now. But uh, the height's what everybody's worried about. And he's going to be somewhere between 5'9 and a half and 5'10 and a quarter would be my guess. Okay. You know, and, and you know, you mentioned the, the statistical season. Just looking at that, 4,300 passing yards, 42 passing touchdowns, only seven interceptions, 1,000 rushing yards, 12 TDs. You know, you talked about his athleticism. And one of the comparisons that I've seen all over the place is is a guy you know from uh, from my hometown team, the 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 Seahawks, is Russell Wilson. And I think the main difference, you know, you talked about uh, Murray's, you know, he's he's elusive or he is his elusiveness running the ball and his surprising accuracy when it comes to throwing the ball. I think that's one thing that people underestimated about Russell Wilson was his accuracy, especially throwing the deep ball. Which going through Kyler Murray's tape, his his ability to put the ball in stride on receivers going deep, especially with someone like Marquise Brown, who is an absolute burner, I think is just, is, is a phenomenal talent that just simply can't be taught. Yeah. And he's got a big arm too. It's hard for, uh, it, it, you could see the baseball player in him come out at times. He'll, he'll have creative sidearm throws in traffic to get it around. He's got a little streak of Patrick Mahomes in him in that regard and that he can find creative arm slots got a big arm he throws the deep ball really well um I think the comparison with Russell Wilson is the best we have and and he could I mean listen if he could have the kind of career Russell's had he'd take it in a heartbeat I I don't know if he'll be that or not but I think he's the closest comparison that you can make to anybody in the NFL right now I would say he's a a more electric runner than Russell and Russell was very elusive. Uh, I think that I would give a slight quickness edge to Kyler in that regard. But I don't know if he's as, you know, certainly at this point in his career, a, a polished of a, of a quarterback in the pocket as Russell is. So, I mean, it, it's going to be uh, for whoever drafts him. I think you've got to build your offense around this guy. This isn't just a guy that you drop in your offense and say, all right, you know, pick up where our 6-3 pocket passer left off. You know, I, I, his unique set of skills uh, kind of begs you to build the offense around him. And to Lincoln Riley's credit, he did that last year. There was some zone read option in the Oklahoma offense where they would just, you know, say, you go get some yards with your legs, but not a ton. For the most part, he was in the pocket, in the shotgun, and was surveying the field looking for guys to throw the ball to, and if he couldn't find someone or the protection broke down, then he would take off. So uh, it wasn't like he was a run-first quarterback by any means. Anybody who watched Oklahoma play knew that his first idea was to try to find Hollywood or C.D. Lamb or one of his big tight ends, and if it didn't happen, then he'd take off and see if he could make some magic with his legs. Yeah, I think that you know, it, comparing hit, you know, in that back and forth between between Murray and Wilson, I think that you know Wilson has, was has always been criticized, at least up here in Seattle, that he waits too long. That he's before taking off, he waits for that big home run. He's always looking out for his wide receivers and doesn't take off when he probably could. And I think that Kyler Murray, especially you know in the college game, showed that he was able to do that um, very well finally decide, okay, we're just, we're going. And again, he has, I think I agree with you that he has that, that quick twitch a little bit more than Russell. Um, While Russell's very elusive, Russell also has about, you know, 20 pounds on, on Kyler Murray. Um, And so, and, and I think that 
if if Murray can learn to um, not take the big hits, and, you know, use that elusiveness and and do what Russell has done because Russell has not taken that many big shots in his career because of that elusiveness. I think that'll really help Kyler, you know, ex, you know, possibly have an extensive career in the league. It's a good point. Um, he he is uh, he was good this year at sliding when in danger. Uh, you, and again, you could see that baseball background. Uh, so he was pretty good at getting down and getting out of bounds. He took a couple of big knocks against Alabama in the bowl game. But other than that, he did a pretty good job this year of, of avoiding uh, putting himself in a car crash. So that'll be important for him going forward. Because he is, a, you know, even if he does put 10 pounds on before the draft or whatever, he's a small guy. Yeah, and uh, he's you know it's there's it, a bunch of big guys that are going to be chasing him, so he's going to have to be smart. Yeah, and then one more th- on on the on the arm strength. I think the 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 best example for me seeing that was the the basically like the quick arm flip for the 55 yard touchdown to Morris in the uh, uh, against uh, Alabama, just on the run, just like a quick flip of the arm, 55 yards in the air, uh, just. He has that that great arm strength again, not quite the Mahomes arm strength because let's be honest, Mahomes is a freak of nature when it comes to how far he can throw the ball. But just his his ability, I think, especially it's that baseball background of being able to make those kind of moves on the run. So he's an odd guy in that uh, he's got. I think he has a better arm in football than in baseball. Um, I remember watching him throw a football last year or two years ago. It would have been. And the, the zip with which it comes out, it, it stuns you because he is a smaller guy. The zip that he has on a football. And I remember thinking, I can't wait to watch him on the baseball diamond. And the first time that uh, a fly ball was hit to him and he had to make a throw to home, I remember being slightly disappointed, thinking, huh, that looked pretty average. I, I think his baseball arm is pretty average. And his football arm is extraordinary. And I've been uh, – I, I don't – it would take uh, – a physicist or somebody to explain to me why that is, but uh, he really, when he throws a football, it's got some sauce behind it. All right, one last thing on Kyler Murray before we move to the other two players is just as a quarterback, you know, the locker room presence and the leadership is is a necessity in order to you know really um, you know take over the huddle and 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 not necessarily assert dominance, but make sure that, you know, you, you are the leader, you are the, the general on the field, on the offense. And just, if you could kind of give just a, just a quick kind of synopsis of, of, of Murray and his leadership skills. I think that'll be interesting uh, going into the NFL. He is the 180 degree polar opposite of Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker was brash and loud and, and carried himself with swagger. And we loved him for that, and he still does in Cleveland. That is not Kyler at all. Kyler is uh, quiet. Um, he's confident, but he doesn't. He's not brash. Kyler's not dancing in a circle for his teammates to watch. You know, he's he's a quiet kid. And I think Kyler, his entire life, has always been the best athlete at everything he does wherever he goes. And when he walks into the locker room, uh, he commands respect because that's, that's the Kyler Murray that was voted the best football player in Texas history. That's the Kyler Murray that uh, was drafted in the top 10 in the baseball draft. He's always been the Kyler Murray. 
And that's how he kind of led because he carried an aura with him. Now, I don't know if that, you know, the guys in the NFL, when he comes walking in, that doesn't necessarily happen. So he's probably going to have to find his vocal leadership voice a little more than than he displayed at the college level. Not that it wasn't there, but it's not he, – he led by example, whereas Baker Mayfield led by example and vocally. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, wide receiver Marquise, a.k.a. Hollywood Brown. Uh, again, another another little guy, 5'10". Uh, the, I've seen two reports on his weight, 160 pounds and 168 pounds. Um, so not, not the biggest receiver, but absolute just blazing speed, solid hands. And I believe I see here that he is actually, what, the cousin of Antonio Brown, wide receiver, well, for now still the Pittsburgh Steelers. but. Um, just kind of a a little bit on on of on Marquise Brown and, and his game. I remember when uh, Marquise signed. Uh, I think at that point he was listed at one forty five or one forty eight, and I remember uh, there was a question in the signing day press conference for Lincoln Riley that um, was along the lines of, "What in the world are you doing bringing in a guy that weighs one hundred forty five pounds?" I mean, this is the University of Oklahoma for Pete's sake. And uh, at the time, it was kind of scoffed off, and we, we soon saw why. I mean, the kid is amazing. Uh, he, plays, he plays tough for his size. He's a, he's a little guy, but he's a burner. I mean, he can absolutely go. And they found unique ways to get it to him, whether it was uh, on a jet sweep, whether it was uh, on a crossing pattern, which he was really good at catching and turning up field, a fly pattern post pattern whatever the case may be they found a variety of ways for him to show off his speed and sometimes it really didn't matter if you put a couple of guys on him because if one of them can't keep up with him it doesn't matter how many you have on him so i mean that's his weapon he's got great hands he doesn't drop passes but his speed is elite and i'm looking forward to seeing what he runs at the uh, the combine um in this day and age he's a lot like antonio i don't know how tall antonio brown is probably 510 511 yeah, like yeah antonio brown's 510 i think he's uh, he's uh, about 185 190 in terms of his weight yeah yeah so i mean there you know he's he's a one of those he's not one of those 6364 monster receivers 66 you know he's he's a little guy so he's a slot receiver in the nfl or he's a guy you put outside and he's a deep threat whatever the case may be but he's a guy that will absolutely uh, – defenses will have to game plan for because he can put seven on the scoreboard in a blink. Yeah, you know, you know finishing this last year, 75 receptions, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, his, honestly, his speed reminds me, again, you know, someone from up here in the Seattle area, John Ross, and just his speed coming out of, you know, coming out of college. Um, I think that you know, with, with, with Brown's size, I think the one thing that could – that could, you know, cause issues again. Is his size, and you know, the possibility of, like with John Ross, although John Ross had a history of of um, of injuries, especially with his knees and ankles. You know, if he gets nicked up, is that going to affect his speed enough where he's not going to be as effective on the field? It's possible. I mean, I think that's the great trade-off, really, for for a whole lot of guys in this prof- in this profession. Uh, you're going to have to weigh the negatives. Uh, he's he's not getting any bigger. I mean, he may put on some muscle but he's not getting taller. But you're also not going to find maybe a single guy in this draft who's faster than Marquise Brown. And 
I'll tell you what he where he did a lot of his eating in college was guys would give him so much cushion because they were scared to death of him that he'd run little 10, 15 yard stop routes and just eat defenses alive with first downs. And, uh, you know, they, they couldn't come up and, and challenge him or he'd run right by him. So uh, somebody's getting a weapon. You know, it, it'll be if he goes to a team that he's the go to receiver, then, you know, that's one thing. I think he'll have an OK career. If he's able to go to a team maybe late in the first round or something that already has a good nucleus and he's just an additional weapon, then I think he's got a chance to be a star. Yeah, I think that he he definitely has that. I think that he's not necessarily going to be that elite number one, but he can be that if he is that number two or three guy that has you know two absolutely solid guys. He is going to eat slot uh, slot corners for lunch uh, just with his with his speed and like you said, his ability to beat double teams and you know when they give him that cushion. You know, he like you said. Uh, you know, watching a lot of his tape, he's taking those first downs and then you know breaking tackles because guys just can't get a hold of him with how fast that he is. So definitely, he will be exciting to watch. I, I agree completely. Uh, the crossing route is uh, something that OU ran all year long to him, and uh, he'd have four linebackers chasing him across the middle or whatever that didn't have a chance. So we'll see. I, I think he's a first round talent for sure. All right, and then last but not least, I want to go to Rodney Anderson. Now, this is a guy who's, let's be honest, has been has been a bit injury-plagued. You know, three out of the last four seasons he has not finished because of injury. Um, he met, he was, yeah, I think he only played in two games in 2018. But looking at his 2017 numbers and his tape, 188 carries, over 1,100 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, plus 17, or 17 receptions, almost 300 yards almost 300 yards receiving and five uh, receiving touchdowns. He's a very dynamic talent if he can stay on the field. Well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, This is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere two years ago. He was playing behind or he was sitting behind Samaje P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. And injuries were a, a big part of his early career. And two years ago, he wasn't the first back. He was... Uh, getting just two or three carries a game. And about halfway through the season, they started to feature him a little more, and he exploded. And the second half of the season, you could argue who's the best running back in the country. He uh, he went for over 200 yards against Georgia in the Rose Bowl. And he uh, started this year like a house on fire as well. Uh, but it, you got to consider the red flags that the injuries do present, and there have been a variety of them throughout his career. And for a running back, that's a concern. He brings a lot to the table. He's got size. He runs through trash exceptionally well. He churns his legs with the best of them and, and just keeps just keeps churning. Uh, he's got speed in the open field to run away from uh, defensive backs. And he gives you, at point of contact, a very small target to aim at. Teddy Lehman is my color analyst on the uh, Sooner Radio Network, the former uh, Butkus Award-winning linebacker who went on to play in the NFL. And that's the thing that he always uh, found remarkable about Rodney is that he is able to get so low to the ground that there's really nothing for a defender to aim at when they're coming to try to tackle him. For a big guy, he said, it's uh, unlike anybody he's seen. Now, you see some bowling ball running backs that that have that as a trait but Rodney's not a little guy and so I think he's got a lot going for him he he breaks tackles 
He's uh, shifty enough. He's got breakaway speed. He's got good size. He can be an every down back. He catches the ball well. You don't have to take him off the field on third downs. The only real question about him is is health, and it's a big one. Yeah, um, you know, looking at his tape, you know, just some of my notes. Willing to drop his shoulder. Uh, you know, he's willing to attack linebacker, not just defensive backs, but actually go into a linebacker. Fall, he falls forward. Um, you know, great again. You you mentioned you know the three down potential. He has great hands out of the backfield and his shiftiness out of the backfield that way. Um, one of the things that really caught my eye is he is very patient following his blocks. He allows running lanes to develop at the line of scrimmage and downfield. He allows his he allows his um, wide receivers to set up their blocks. He gives them a chance to set up their blocks so that he can get the extra yardage. I, you know, just his patience and vision especially not just at the line of scrimmage, but also downfield and allowing his wide receivers to set him up a little more, I think is, is again, you know, like we said with Kyler, something you can't teach. That's just something that he has in him that is, is, is only going to help him in the NFL. It's a great point you make. Um, yeah, a lot of running backs, probably the majority of them, when they get the football in the hands, there is an, uh, oh, my God, I got to run for my life feeling to them. <laughs> And uh, Rodney understands the the game. He understands how a play is supposed to unfold. He understands the the setup and the execution to it. And he does run with tremendous patience. OU pulls a lot, uh, guard and tackle. And uh, you're right, Rodney would uh, so many times just kind of hand on hip of that guard or that tackle, waiting for them to just create the lane for him and then burst through it. And uh, Oklahoma's had some really good blockers downfield, wide receiver position as well. So I think there is a, uh, a real knowledge there of, of football and of the position and of how a play is designed to unfold and not to panic and get ahead of your skis and, and uh, feel like that uh, you got to, you know, get out in front of your tacklers. Just let it happen. And I think that's a positive trait for him. All right. Well, again, uh, Toby, I want to thank you for for taking uh, giving us a little bit of your time to talk about uh, these three players. Uh, I look forward to maybe getting a hold of you next year again. Uh, looking at uh, you know looking at the future, uh, one of the guys that really caught my eye in some of the tape was C.D. Lamb. So uh, uh, down the future, again, I believe he's a junior next year. You know, with his ability, could possibly come out a year early. So again, I want to thank you for for giving us your time and look forward to possibly talking with about a couple OU players in the future. I'd love to. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. All right. You too. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.